Next Chapter Podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Michael Goodfriend, executive producer of the Play On podcast series at Next Chapter Podcasts. Every person who contributes to the Play On podcast series is essential to the process in some capacity. It's safe to say that the writers who adapt our texts for audio production are the least visible artists in the process, but the most essential to the successful creation of each episode. It's the adapter who has the singular challenge of collating all the information contained in the translated text Fortunately, we found just that person in Nat Cassidy. This is the second half of my interview with Nat Cassidy. Was the process of the adaptation pretty straightforward for you? Did, did, does Shakespeare lend itself to the audio medium? I think so. I, I uh, actually consumed a lot of Shakespeare in audio uh, throughout the years, like as, as a kid, up through college. Like I always had the uh, um, uh, I had a, a couple of collections of famous speeches that I kind of would listen to all the time with, you know, like Richard Burton doing Henry V and John Gilgood doing John Gaunt and like, you know, that those kind of greatest hits. And then um, who is it? Is it I want to say it's like Blackstone or something like that has a collect work, uh, collected works, complete works uh, in audio. And I would listen to those all the time, uh, which were really great. I remember the Henry the Fourths being uh, particularly really good. Um, and uh, so I've always kind of consumed Shakespeare orally already. Um, and, you know, there's so that that style of dramaturgy is kind of designed for an audience that maybe is dipping in and out of attention every now and then like the half half of your audience is going to be illiterate half of them is going to be yelling or like buying an orange or something like that so there is a fair amount of expositional handholding that happens in the language a lot of the time uh that can be very useful for an audio context um then on the other hand like we experienced with measure for measure there are also a lot of things that happen only visually and it becomes a real challenge as to how do you convey that like right. it would sure would be nice if the Duke was like, now I'm going to take off my monk robe and put on my Duke <laughs> costume. But he just shows up in his Duke costume and you have to be like, oh, how do we convey this? Yeah. So like there are certain things uh, that are a challenge, but in general, like, you know, it's such language rich material anyway that, uh, you know, you're already listening differently than you would to something that is maybe a lot more contemporary and a lot more uh, uh, staccato and stichomythia and just kind of like talking and overlapping and stuff like that. There's, there's shake. I think Shakespeare shares a lot more DNA with the, like, you know, the, the earlier forms of drama uh, that it makes it very useful for an audio um, uh, kind of process for, for, for the, for the mechanics, both as a, as a, producer and as a listener to audio drama 
uh, uh, it, it engages very similar sets, I think, if that made sense. Absolutely. I, I wonder what about this particular play caught you by surprise or, mm. or drew you in? What did you discover going into measure for measure this way? I, I mean, I assume you knew the play somewhat or very thoroughly. Maybe you'd performed in it or, or something or you'd read it. Did the journey tell you things that really surprised you this time through doing it this way? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I'd never done it before. I have, I did a several speeches from it in college. Uh, the uh, uh, Angelo speech was, was kind of a back pocket speech I had. Do you remember which, which Angelo speech it was? Uh, it was the, uh, what's this, what's this, uh, uh, is, oh, now it's been a long time, but it's, am I the tempter or she, am I the tempted or she's a, the tempter? Uh, um, it's after their first scene together, basically. And he's like, oh my God, I love this woman. Uh, uh, I just love that. And again, I had a tape of John Gilgood doing Angelo. And so like, it was just like, I uh, listened to that over and over and over again. And I just kind of loved the mechanics of that speech. Um, but I'd never done a production of it. Um, and I already have like a, a weird affinity for the problem plays anyway, just because they're so fascinating and the mm -hmm. things about them <laughs> that don't work really don't work. And the things about them that do work, work better than some of the other like more established plays. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when you and I did that uh, workshop reading of, of Merchant for Ven Merchant of Venice too. Like it was just like so much richer because that play has so many flaws. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I really appreciate that about Shakespeare's plays of that era uh, and uh, of that, of that ilk, I guess you would say the, 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 the plays that uh, uh, aren't quite comedies, but are, are uh, you know, they have ostensibly happy endings, uh, but they're also so cynical and they're so dark uh, and there's things about them that have aged so poorly. It's just so interesting and great. I love them. Uh, and uh, uh, I was also really lucky in this uh, process because uh, Aditi's translation is so good uh, that like it was it was easy as pie, like divvying up scenes and, and, you know, kind of exploring the, the dynamics of scenes and, and trying to adapt them for this, uh, for this process. And it really just made me appreciate how, uh, how sticky this play is and how, uh, how rich it is. Um, I guess one example is uh, it was in our, our very first conversation um, with, with Jesse, the director um uh, because I was like, uh, you know, I, you, I had just gotten the opportunity to accept this job uh, of adapting. And I was like, uh, uh, yes, sign me up. But uh, before I get started, let's talk about which measure for measure this is. Because I've seen measure for measure done with Angelo as a monster. And I've seen him done uh, as an angel. And I've seen, you know, like pedal to the metal cynical uh, uh, interpretations of measure. And I've seen ones where it's a little more incidental or accidental or something, or at least well-meaning uh, the things that happen. Um, and there's, I think that's just so, that speaks so well to the uh, complexity and richness of the text that it can have that kind of varied tradition. 
that, you know, you don't get with like some of the pure comedies or some of the pure tragedies. Like those, those are what they are. You're not going to see a lot of like slapstick Othellos or something like that, but you will see like very clearly uh, uh, steered versions of like all's well or, or measure or merchant or, or um, things like that. Um, Timon is an, is another example of like, I've seen some that are very clearly one way and some that are very clearly the other way. Um, and you can look at that as a flaw of the text or as like one of its, its, its most beautiful aspects. Um, and, uh, so like once, once I had a clear idea of where we wanted this production to go, uh, which ultimately was like in a, in a less on the nose, cynical place and in a much more like organic and, and, uh, well-meaning or, or, or good faith sort of uh, interpretation of the actions of these characters. Uh, it made it that much richer because like I got to, uh, you know, live in those prison scenes and live with those characters and, and uh, uh, look at them in that, in that light uh, <laughs> kind of in the way that I would look at like Sarah Connor uh, listening to her actions in in my little uh, crappy Walkman headphones and uh, uh, just like try and imagine what would compel someone to do these things. And it's all there in the text. Uh, and and Aditi has, has brought out that language so beautifully. Um, I uh, this is a bit off topic and a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a segue. Uh, um, but. I remember when I first started doing things with uh, just the play on translation project in general, you know, I came from a very like nose in the air Shakespearean. I used to listen to John Gilgood. God damn it. Like I was just very like, oh, why do we need to do this? Uh, uh, It's already in modern English. Like, do we need to translate things? And it just took one uh, table read of the first script uh that i was involved in where i was like oh my god this is such a great thing like it really is you know the 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 first rule really was like do no harm like keep everything that needs to be kept and just make it a little easier for someone who's not attuned to shakespeare to just get and like uh it it highlights things so well and it makes things so much more palatable for people that like might otherwise feel a a, a distance with the text uh and uh i've found that the problem plays really do seem to be served best by uh this translation process because uh they're already so thorny and knotty and complex uh, that it removes one layer of uh, of obstacle between the the audience and the story by just making it that much easier to follow what these people are saying and those ambiguities that much <laughs> seems like a paradox but the ambiguities become so much clearer and the fact that they are ambiguities becomes clearer um and uh so yeah uh bringing it back to measure for measure then it was just like it was such a delight to wrestle with those moments in this context uh and uh you know a challenge as well because it's a very talky play there's a lot of scenes that are just like people sitting in a room talking and so finding ways to like make it dynamic and uh uh, and give give an audio picture to the things that are happening was its own challenge but the story itself was was worthy of that challenge which was really refreshing I hope you're enjoying this conversation with the creatives behind the scenes. 
To listen to the full interview, join the Play On supporting cast for just $5 a month, which by the time you hear this might be less than you'll pay for a gallon of gas. You'll get in-depth interviews featuring some of the most brilliant artists working today. You'll also enjoy ad-free episodes of the Play On podcast series. Subscribe today for $5 a month. Join the cast. Go to ncpodcast.com and sign up today. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next Chapter Podcasts.